Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, Certified Lymphedema Therapist and the host of Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of Lymphedema Podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each week, I discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better the journey ahead. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Hey everybody, welcome back for episode 25. We're finishing up our conversation with Nancy and Casey about the ILF conference they just went to in Chicago. We're going to pick up where we left off. You need to uplift your patients and give them that sense of pride that they can do it. I mean, they're the ones that have to go home. And if you're just not teaching them, I mean, they're going to do research on top of it. They won't feel capable. I mean, they're just you don't want to give the patient any excuse to not to provide for themselves and for their best care. And that's, you could teach alternatives. Like you suggested pumping, that could be a piece to add to it. Like if you have these issues, X, Y, Z, you could also do this instead, but just eliminating it. I think I, yeah, I'm in agreement. (laughs) (laughs) Now I have seen that slide going around on Twitter, and I think even maybe Instagram of the gold standard. Yep. And I've, I didn't go to ILF, which is why we are reviewing ILF here today with you guys. But I even went to my manager and I said, look, we have gotten kind of off track of starting our patients on the gold standard of treatment. Instead, we've had so many people who needed to make an exception because of money, because of work schedule, because of travel. I said, we really mm-hmm. need to pull all of us CLTs together and we need to reshape our gold standard because we're not doing that here. So even just that little bit from the ILF that I saw, it kind of gave me a check kind of, I checked my pulse. (laughs) So it was really helpful for us. And I, that's one of the things that I saw and definitely went and spoke to my manager about. Well, the, the gold standard chart with the words get, the basics right is uh, my, uh, I did that last Monday, right when I got back. So I'm, I'm excited that, that it's, you know, because there's lots of other things too. It's not just the MLD. I mean, I hear therapists talk about um, that they don't have time, that they have, you know, there's only 45 minutes for this particular session. And I, you know, I can only, do what I can do in 45 minutes. So if it's, if it's, I'm not training them properly or, and I think there are things that we could, we could be doing as patients and therapists together. Um, For instance, when I go in, I ask for a separate room ahead of time so I can unwrap. And when that therapist walks in the room, I am ready. We're not going to waste any time rolling bandages or taking the stuff off of my leg. We, we have 45 minutes of really good time because I did that. Um, so I think there's little things like that that can really tweak this gold standard and make it as best as possible. And there will always be 
examples of things where where we can't do it for this particular person the way we'd like to, okay, then what's the alternative? Right. Do it as close as you can to that so that your care is uniform across the board. Right. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I feel like we could talk about this one a whole lot. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to move us forward (laughs) here. Casey, as a mother of a child with lymphedema, what did you learn at the ILF to help you advocate or care better for Cora? You know, you really got to see both sides. I mean, you see the fear in, in the the fear of both of the doctors and the patients in the condition that they're they're facing. Um, it definitely doesn't help our lymphedema community succeed, but details and even how to navigate our system for treatment are hard to get. They're underfunded, under researched. Patients aren't even insured. I mean, doctors they they struggle to effectively communicate about the complexities of the disease. Um, they don't have the the training and the research 99.9% of the time they need. Um, they, they're afraid to talk above us to explain things. It, it's really complex. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being just thrown into it. I mean, I guess I was thrown into it, but if, <laughs> if it was me myself, it's very daunting mentally and physically. Um, the mini doctors are completely different and opposite points when it comes to the standard of care and the gold standard, um, they sometimes, even in our sessions, they would disagree because we still haven't gotten what we're going to determine as just the standard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's fears from both the patient and the caregiver to ask the right questions, knowing what the best steps are. Um, they just get confused. We all get confused. And then you're balancing medical bills and the effects of your chronic disease. Um, so I, I actually attended two clinical sessions because I wanted to see the other side. My mm-hmm. issue wasn't the education because I've researched everything. My issue with Cora was understanding, like I said before, the why. And I wanted to see the disease in their eyes, why they make the decisions they make. Because there's been some decisions made with Cora that I now look back on that I disagree with. But I wanted to see if maybe I could see it why. Because it's hard always asking them the why as well. Um, I just really wanted to push further for Cora. So I learned so much in the field of genetics. Um, I was overwhelmingly happy to see that they're switching the lens of care to less uh, one size fits all in the case of primary lymphedema. It, co- mm-hmm. it really helped confirm like what I call my mama gut or my mom intuitions about Cora's case being atypical. And it really helped me feel like I'm on a better path for her because I have, um, I just have an understanding of the decisions we made when we went overseas and why the decisions are made being here in Minnesota. And it's just, it's helping me feel more confident in the advocation I need to do for her in our next step. And Nancy, as a woman who's fought ovarian cancer, was there something new to you that you learned at the conference to help you advocate and care better for yourself? Oh, yeah, there were a number of things. First of all, you know, we, we alluded to the exhibition hall with the vendors there. 
And uh, that was really fun, um, Casey and I, as we were going around. And there were some new products there that aren't even being sold in the United States, but only overseas at this point in time. And to just get a glimpse of what what other products might be coming around the corner um, for us to to put in our toolbox, so to speak. Um, and they were very professional and very engaged in, in, in the patient as we were walking around talking with these people. I was impressed. Um, there was um, a presentation by um, a, a gentleman, and there was, there was this concept of negative pressure. I think I alluded to that already. And so just like kinesio taping and cupping and deep breathing, they said, was also another example of negative pressure. And I had never heard the deep breathing in, in, in that category before, but it makes sense. Um, so just to see that that was um, a, a, a form of possible um, toolbox elements that could be used. Um, and then, of course, the third one was promoting that gold standard of, of care that we've known to grow and love. Um, but even the taping um, that night, Casey, who does kinesio taping on Cora, um, taught me how to tape my toes. So I'm yeah. trying some kinesio tape on my toes instead of a toe cap this week. Oh, nice. We need more research on K-Tape. <laughs> they need to prove <laughs> that it works because it works. <laughs> have, awesome. Casey, have you Sorry. read, you're fine. Have you read or seen the, um, the Kinesio textbook? Yes. For, um, oh, is it lymphedema and chronic swelling, correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually at the end of my bed. So <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, so it's wonderful. <laughs> I use kinesio tape as well because if, if the research is there to prove that edema from a knee replacement or a sports injury or something like that can be either resolved or reduced with K tape, why doesn't it make sense that it also helps mm -hmm. with lymphedema? Exactly. So right. I've told my patients before when I use it, because they're like, okay, what kind of voodoo tape are you putting on me? Why is this going to mm -hmm. help with my swelling? Because it makes so much sense whenever you look at the structure of the tape and you see that little fingerprint technology they have there on the back and you, you can feel the stretch and you know that it kind of it tries to rebound back to the original location where the anchor is mm -hmm. and the direction and all that stuff, when you put it all together, it makes so much sense that it allows more space for the fluid to be moved. And I can take it off of a hand or something and I can see on my patient's skin, every little divot from the yes. tape that was the little fingerprint on the back. And it's just, it's amazing. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm a fan, another tool in the toolbox. And it's just another thing to add to the gold standard of treatment. I mean, why not have all these additives that can help when you need it? Now, of course, there's allergies and sensitivities and things you have to be careful of. But if you're mindful of that, mm -hmm. it's a great option. I do agree that there needs to be more research on that. And it's well, and not difficult. Sorry. <laughs> it's not difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's really not. A little bit of research and... I don't think anybody should be intimidated by it at all. No, at all. 
And my, my, my toes are not my worst area. So I feel like my playing around with that area is, is not causing a problem. And, um, you know, if, if anything doesn't feel right, I'm going right back to that compression garment toe cap or a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Right, because it never hurts to try it. And then you know, maybe you can use them both together. Mm-hmm. And you'll get even better results. So that's great. I I actually didn't believe in it at first. I was actually on the other end because we had tried it when Cora was first born. But it wasn't until I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to pull it out again. I started trying it and I actually had a physical therapist from Italy and he had mentioned using like a webbing technique and it totally was a game changer. You just, you really got to research and try different things with it because as soon as we applied it in a different way, it worked for us. So don't be afraid. That's what people yeah. should learn. <laughs> Have you heard about Camp Watch Me? This July in Durant, Oklahoma, we're having the first ever summer camp for kids with lymphedema. Would you please help support us by going to www.brylandsfeet.org to buy a t-shirt. The t-shirt costs $45 and all proceeds go towards camp. The website again is www.brylandsfeat.org. So Casey, can you give me your top three sessions or speakers from the ILF conference? Christiana Gordon's presentation with the diagnostic algorithm. Stanley Roxon did a presentation of the changing field of lymphatics. I know it's been said before, but we're like, when's this stuff going to come out? But he had some really neat things that he was working on and he knew of that was working, that was being worked on. And he also um, laid out a clear view of the newest genetics and some somatic um, mutations they call that kind of it, it it's like a it's a mutation in the gene caused by um environmental or chemical um factors sorry but that was really interesting to me because i i've had feelings about that but i haven't been able to really um find any proof on it but when he admitted there are some genetics that are caused just by that i'm like huh this makes you think um and I always pronounce her, her last name incorrectly because I am not French. But um, I think it's Isabel Ture, Ture? and Julie right. Hansen. Yes, and Julie Hansen. They did extensive research. I think they said within a year. Um, they they did like a lymphedema children's camp overseas. But they did presentations on pediatric quality of life and self-advocacy tools for professionals and patients. And your child that has lymphedema meets experts. And it was more from the clinician's point of view, but extremely interesting about their perception on treatment and really wanting to advocate for the patient and the best environment for the patient and the caregivers and how to just really push, again, the standard of care. Well, my top three, I think um, the first one would be Neil Pillar, who is a PhD from uh, Australia. And he was just going over some risk factors, but he included some that I hadn't really um, considered before. And that was that higher blood pressure could be an additional risk factor for lymphedema, constipation, um, and shallow, shallow breathing could also be events that help, you know, that may slow lymph flow. 
Um, so those were some ideas that I really hadn't considered before. Um, a second session was put on by Gunter Close, and it was entitled Standard of Care. Um, and he really goes into for patients to kick the tires before selecting a, a lymphedema therapist um, and the systems that they might be in. And he's a real strong proponent of doing the decongestive therapy five days a week and get that wrapping daily. For and, and he shows through studies that you can reduce the amount of time and the a number of sessions and get a faster and more positive outcome if you do it five days a week to start with for a couple weeks instead of this two days a week for however many weeks you try to do it. So I thought that was really interesting, um, and I know that he has been pushing that that thought process for some time now. Um, and then the third one was put um, by a gentleman, a doctor named Tobias Birch, B-E-R-T-S-C-H. Is that how you pronounce it, Casey? I believe so, yeah. Okay, he's from the Foldy Clinic. Um, and um, his, his topic was on obesity and lymphedema. And we've all been told that, you know, to watch our weight and to keep our weight down and to help with our, our lymphedema. But for, for individuals that are extremely overweight, um, he called it a chronic disease and a chronic disease that needs to be dealt with first. So I thought that was really interesting to see where that's going to end up down the road. I like all of those points because the close presentation, that's the slide I've seen where it says this yeah. is not working. Right. Yeah. Over the calendar. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that triggered my thoughts to go. Yeah, it. it really isn't. We're dragging our feet and yep. it's one step forward and two steps back because you give them the, you know, two or three days in between treatment. And they come back and they're like, oh, it's the same. I took it off the next day and I haven't seen you for two days. So here I am. And I'm like, okay, well, back to square one. And yep. so that five days a week definitely makes the difference. And then I agree. to the point of obesity, I do see this a lot in patients. And it's hard. Okay, so from a clinician standpoint, it's hard to say your weight is making this problem worse. Mm -hmm. because that's a very judgmental statement to hear exactly. when it really is just a subjective statement or objective statement, really, mm -hmm. that these two don't play well together. You can't go to work drunk and keep your job. Right. That's the truth. You can't mm -hmm. stay at a high weight, a morbid obesity, and be able to manage your lymphedema. Because more than likely, it's lower extremity. Mm -hmm. Most likely, you cannot reach your feet because of the lack of mobility. And the weight of the abdomen compresses the inguinal lymph nodes. And you're not mm -hmm. even able, really, to get that flow because the abdomen sits in the lap and it compresses the inguinal lymph nodes. And it kind of kinks up the system. So you have even more backflow. Mm -hmm. And when I explain mm -hmm. that to patients, you can see that they think, okay, I can see that. Or I show them on the poster, this is your lymphatic system. This is the watershed. This is the route it takes. These are the inguinals. You know, you kind of line it all up. And I say, you know, and your, your stomach lays here. They, they, it clicks. 
And so the obesity mm-hmm. is a problem. Mm-hmm. But I wish I could tell every person, anyone who's listening or anyone that's a patient that I've seen before, I'm not criticizing or judging you for your body size because I think everyone's beautiful. I mean, any body shape can be beautiful. But for that specific disease process, that is not helping it any. Right. So that is a hard thing to relay in the clinic without sounding critical or judgmental. And nobody wants to hear it because they've heard it before. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, doctors have been telling me for years to lose weight, blah, blah, blah. I get it. It's bad for my knees. But really, it's just bad for your lymphatic system. It's bad for that flow. Uh So it's interesting that you mentioned it being there as well in the conference. Yep. And he did a couple. I know he did one specifically for um, medical community. The one I was in was for um, uh, um, an interactive, both a patient and clinicians. Did they say much about next year's conference? I heard it was going to be in Denmark. It is. It's going to be in Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Um, it's October 1, 2, and 3 of 2020. They showed a video. It looks gorgeous and very inviting. <laughs> I wonder if October is also their fall season because that seems like it would be nice. Yes. I was, well, when we were at the full day clinic in the fall, it was gorgeous then too. It, it was really mild. I, I just imagined that's what Denmark would be like, but I'm probably way off. <laughs> <laughs> just mild and beautiful. Like a postcard. <laughs> exactly. That's what the video was like. It was like a postcard. They had people riding bicycles down the street. And <laughs> like, if it's oh, like me nice. when I travel, you'll get there and it'll be raining or something. Right. Right. <laughs> the worst conditions. <laughs> a friend and I, we just went to ba- the Bahamas in April for just a quick little getaway. Um, she and I have gone to college together and been friends forever. We literally get to the Bahamas step off the cruise ship it's raining it rains all day we're stuck inside the beach was closed most of the next day because they were cleaning up the sand it was my kind of trip you know (laughs) took the black cloud with me i get it (laughs) i'm glad you can relate it's unfortunate (laughs) that we both have that kind of luck but i'm glad you can relate find the humor in it (laughs) you have to right you have to laugh or cry so just Mm -hmm. laugh all right so we are going to wrap up pretty soon and I think it's probably clear that both of you would recommend this conference to patients and patient advocates clinicians family members anyone am I correct anyone absolutely yes yes Yes. that's good amazing so I just want to wrap up with one question for each of you. Casey, can you tell me what the lymphedema community means to you as Cora's mom? It means the world to me. I, I'm so happy to have found people like Nancy. And I'm going to get off topic for a second, but Nancy was, we started fundraising last year because obviously costs are expensive and Nancy had actually came and um, well, she, she had messaged me and supported us by purchasing a t-shirt for Cora's fundraiser. And 
she after we got back from Ger- from Germany, she had um, she had met us at an appointment in the cities. She came and we saw her for like five minutes, and she was wearing Cora's T-shirt, and she gave us a hug and met Cora, and it just that's what everyone in the lymphedema community is like. They're they're warm and they're brave, and everyone's just this wonderful advocate and. They're full of people of all walks of life and everyone is willing to share their tools and things that work for them. And it's non-judgmental. I don't feel judged at all ever. Um, The education that you receive from just the community itself is just invaluable. It gives me as a mother a drive to continue sharing our journey because I've had people reach out to me and be like, I'm so glad you brought that to light. I'm so glad that you're sharing this, like it gives me a different perspective on my journey and it helps me advocate further, not just for Cora, but to educate others who are impacted by this chronic disease and other parents to just push for their children, not just accept what's okay, not just accept what doctors tell them, but it just, it just helps them to, to push on in their, in their own advocation and just helping their child, um, It's allowed me to to develop this amazing support system full of people that are so loving that I know Cora one day can look up to them and she'll be able to share experiences that I I just can't provide. And that's always been my fears. I want her to have people who love her and know her and can Mm -hmm. actually share those experiences. And that's what it, that's what it is. It's it's amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's a sweetie. (laughs) <laughs> she's spoiled <laughs> i'm so blessed though i, I really am she is an amazing little girl <laughs> she is super cute and i for one can't wait to meet her i show her picture to people all the time i'm like this little girl her name's cora and she's so sweet and they're like do you know her i'm like no but she's so cute <laughs> i'm like look really at this is. girl she's holding a chicken isn't this cute <laughs> And she, and she's even so much better in real life. <laughs> I bet. I know I sound like I'm, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I said, I bet she is. I mean, yeah. she's like the perfect little kid. She's so cute. I know I sound biased when I say that, but I am blessed as a mother, especially running in a home daycare. She listens so well all the time. Yes, please. No, thank you. Like she just always, she's just such a good kid. I, I'm so blessed. I really mm-hmm. am. Well, you did a good so job. Blessed. You get to take <laughs> I, I, some credit. Oh, I don't know. She's just, she's an old soul. She really is. She's an old soul. Well, she and I will get along <laughs> just fine, I think. <laughs> She'll give you a run for your buddy. <laughs> she's hilarious. That's awesome. I welcome the challenge. So Nancy, what does the lymphedema community mean for you as a woman who has fought ovarian cancer and as a support group leader? Um, Yes, it's, and it's primarily about that support group. Um, I had been struggling with lymphedema for only about six months when I met Kim Aylin, and she is the one that we started the support group together, but just meeting someone that has it. I mean, I cried all the way home to, to, to know someone else 
that had the same condition that I had. Um, so then developing the support group, which, which was about one year ago, um, has just meant everything because we can share information. We can talk about our toolboxes. Um, we can come up with ideas for the next support group meeting. And um, so the, 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 the community, as Casey says, is just, it's incredible because we learn from each other um, we pose um, questions to each other. We, in many ways, hold each other accountable. Yeah. Um, so I think this good platform. Um, I'm I'm excited to share, for instance, this podcast with our support group in Minneapolis. Because what a nice way for Casey and I to um, <laughs> to tell them what it was like. <laughs> what better exactly. way, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So Casey and Nancy, I just want to say thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, Honestly, your feedback makes me wish even more that I could have been there to attend the ILF conference. But you never know, I may just have to dust off my passport and head to Denmark next October. So that would be a good decision. Mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about the ILF Conference 2019 that was hosted in Chicago. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit another topic episode.